0: Kia ora Central Vineyard. We have arrived at the last week in our Advent series. If you're unfamiliar with Advent, Advent is the Christian season, which is the build-up, the leading up to Christmas. Its purpose is to disrupt us from the busyness, from our consumption, our scramble to complete the to-do list, and to practise the spiritual discipline of waiting. I think we can all agree that waiting isn't fun. We are over waiting here. The global pandemic has been around for nearly two years now, and the exhaustion and fatigue is taking a toll on a lot of us. And yet, there is still more waiting ahead: waiting to feel safe again, waiting for all of us to be in a room together, waiting for tensions to ease among family and friends, waiting for a return to some sense of normal. But here we are at the end of Advent, which is derived from a Latin word, adventus which means the coming. It's the season where we remember the long-awaited arrival of King of the Jews, the Saviour of humanity, Jesus Christ. And we also wait expectantly for the full coming of God's reign on earth In those places where we long for his presence and need his intervention. It's both celebrating that he has come, praising all the good things that God has done, while also aching for when he will come again. If we look at our then handout for this week, the theme surrounds this woman called Mary. We've all heard of Mary. There's something about Mary. If you were to do a case study on Mary, you would find that she wasn't the quiet, polite, passive woman that I envisaged in those nativity scenes or movie reenactments. If I'm bold enough to say this about Mary, the mother of Jesus was a powerhouse woman. Mary was likely around about 14 years old, low in status and importance, who was engaged to a good man named Joseph. You know the story. She received a message from the angel Gabriel, who told her that she was going to be miraculously pregnant with the living God. Being human, when she heard the news, Mary did not lack emotion. In fact, scripture tells us that she was more than taken aback. She was disturbed. She was anxious. She was troubled. Yet. Despite all these feelings, her reply in the end was, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. It's Luke 1, 38. As in this, I know my identity. I am yours. And while I don't know the details, and my stomach is churning with unease at the moment, I choose to follow you. Come and do what you will in my life. Mary Mary courageously, accepted the invitation of God, and by doing so, she risked her life, her personal disgrace and exclusion from the community, as being pregnant before she was married in those times often resulted in women becoming outcasts of society and having their reputations ruined. After her acceptance, she made the long trek to see her cousin Elizabeth. When she arrived at the doorstep of Elizabeth's house, she breaks out into song like in a musical. But instead of, we're all in this together, like the typical 14-year-old sweet and safe musical song, the song called the Manificat is more like a radical's ballad. Talking about the Manificat, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it was the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. It sings of God's great mercy, but also of justice coming down on earth. She sings of the reversal, the the flipping of the systems of power, where the powerful are made low and the lowly are lifted up. This song is so powerful, so full of hope, that throughout history several countries have banned it to be sung or spoken, as it has been regarded as too dangerous for those in power, with many poor and oppressed people often identifying with this song. It says this, He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has, done, he has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promises to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary was not a silent character. She was a m- woman on a mission, holding on to the hope of God's kingdom to come to earth, that the wrong would be made right. Mary is someone whose whole life was shaped by waiting. She had no choice but to wait for Jesus' birth, to wait until he grew up to see his ministry unfold and beyond his death. Mary still did not get to see her total vision of what she's saying about come to fulfillment in her lifetime. She died still with the world fractured, with broken and corrupt systems. However, in her waiting, she remained steadfast in her obedience, trusted in God's timing and continued to let the words, I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled, shape her waiting. And we too, continue to wait. How are you with waiting for God? How do we posture ourselves so that, like Mary, we are waiting faithfully. To wait on God isn't passive or inactive. It doesn't mean we refuse to take initiatives, to seek opportunities or to be innovative. It isn't putting our heads down and being in denial about all that is wrong down here on earth. We are to be waiting actively. Henry Nouwen says this about it. Now I want you to prep, you guys, because it's a little bit of a longer quote. He says, most of us consider waiting as something very passive, a hopeless state determined by events totally out of our hands. The bus is late. We cannot do anything about it. So we have to sit there and just wait. It is not difficult to understand the irritation people feel when somebody says, just wait, words like that push us into the passivity. But there is none of this passivity in scripture. Those who are waiting are waiting very actively. They know that what they are waiting for is growing from the ground on which they are standing. And right here is a secret for us about waiting. If we wait in the conviction that a seed has been planted and that something has already begun, it changes the way we wait. Active waiting implies being fully present to the moment with the conviction that something is happening where we are and that we want to be present to it. A waiting person is someone who is present to the moment, believing that this moment is the moment. Advent calls us to a season of waiting in a posture of prayerful attention. The biblical vision of waiting for the future is one that calls forth both an acceptance of the current reality and situation and a determination to change it through our connection to god in prayer and reflection we are to strive to make god's kingdom more present on earth every day letting the glimmers of god's glory that we see now strengthen our resolve to long for more to wait actively doesn't mean we act impulsively, leading out of our own emotions and out of our own mission. How often have we acted and made a decision that at the time felt right and good, but then in hindsight it turned out not to be the wisest decision? Or we've had enough waiting, and instead of waiting and sitting and waiting with God first, we try to do it all on our own steam and on our own terms. There are many stories in scripture where people have refused to wait for God and it has led to excruciating pain and trouble for them. For example, in Exodus, the Israelites created an idol, a golden calf. When Moses wasn't around, David and then David decided to take Bathsheba. Peter cut the ear off the servant when they came to collect Jesus. They all, in a moment of perhaps anxiety, loneliness and fear, impulsively acted on their own terms, wanting their justice justice to come on earth, rather than God's. Their waiting was difficult, because they couldn't see, they had lost the vision of what God was up to. It's hard for us to wait, and not just because we are impatient. It's hard to wait because we often don't believe, or we have lost the vision of where God is at work in our lives also. How well are we at waiting? Are we passive, impulsive or active in our waiting for God to move? Perhaps this year has rocked your faith. Maybe you have lost where God is moving in your life or in the world. Perhaps you're used to hearing and seeing God's hand in your life and in the world more vividly, but this has decreased or maybe vanished. Perhaps where once there was an anticipation. A positivity and a willingness to participate in God's transformational work here on earth. Your passion possibly has changed. It feels like your hope has waned and you're tired. If this is you, my message is this. The ache, the despair and frustration you feel, it doesn't mean that you lack faith. The complexity of life is often holding the tension of great joy with great sorrow. Sometimes these feelings and frustrations can cause people to walk away from their faith. But what if these feelings are actually symptoms of a yearning for God's kingdom to come, to bring meaning and make things right, a longing for Christ to return in his fullness, a longing for God? Our faithful and active waiting may mean grieving for what is not yet and sitting with God quietly, processing that with him. When Mary said yes, it did not mean her life went smoothly or that she had clarity about what was going to happen. But her willingness created the first Christmas which changed the world. Light pierced the darkness. And we are all invited to interrupt darkness, to hold on to light and worship like Mary did, to proclaim that even in the midst of our waiting, even when we don't see it yet, that we hold on to the promise of God that through him all things will be made new and right and good. And there is joy in the waiting that we can hold on to. Our joy is in the one who comes to be with us. No one can take that away, even in a global pandemic. Even as socio disparities are heightened, sickness still occurs and loved ones are lost. There is so much heartache at this moment in time. And yet, we are reminded in this season of three important words of this season, which is God with us. Emmanuel. Christmas is about God wanting to be near us, to be with us. Saint Augustine said this, God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. Rich Valota said it perfectly, there's never a moment where God isn't moving towards the world in great love. The story of the Bible is not humans wanting to be close to God, but of God's desire to be close to the world. And this is the good news of Christmas, of Advent. Advent reminds us that God has come, is coming, and will come again. It's the yearly reminder that God is for creation and moves towards us. My prayer for us in this Advent and Christmas season is may we encounter something of God who comes to be with us, even in the ache, in the quietness and in the waiting. We finish the year and Central Vineyard Team just wants to wish you all a Merry Christmas. We pray that you rest well and have rich times with loved ones. The team will be back in the office on January 10th with our first gatherings for the year on Sunday, January 16th. Details about those gatherings will be out that week. Ara hanui, see you later.